on this episode, we are going to speak to Ingrid Gamboa, the founder of Isidi Ibagadi. And she's also an activist. She does a lot of political work for the state of Guatemala. When I was there, she was out in the street as a witness for the elections to make sure that everyone was able to cast their vote fairly in the Guatemala election. She's also involved with a lot of public health initiatives in Guatemala, especially in Livingston, where she currently resides. So Gamboa is a powerhouse of many different talents. We're going to hear more about the background of how she started Isiri Ibagari, this beautiful public health center for the Garifuna population and Afro-descendants in Livingston, Guatemala. I have something. I am not indifferent to problems. If something is not right, I will come. I'm on my way. I want to resolve it. I'm just like that. And especially with the way that they treat my community. This is season two of Labyrinth of the First Gen, where we will hear the stories and the wisdom of leaders of African descent to learn more about how they are creating paths and breaking barriers across Central America and the Caribbean. We are global first gens and we are pioneers just by simply existing. And a huge part of this conversation about COVID was really how there was a lot of connections between the COVID pandemic and the AIDS epidemic that the Garifunas encountered in Livingston. And Ingrid Gamboa talked about this in our time together. She brought up HIV and how the organization Isidi Ibagadi actually came to be because HIV was killing people in the community. And this went on from the 1980s until the 2000s. The HIV and AIDS epidemic was not only part of happening in other places like the United States and affecting also the African continent. It was also affecting Latin America as well. And it was killing our brothers and sisters in this community. I asked, during this time, was the government supporting the community? Or what was the relationship between 
the government and the Garifuna community at this time. Y el gobierno nunca nos atendió. Para él, ¿qué le importa? Porque no estábamos registrados en Guatemala como Garifuna. No éramos ciudadanos aquí. Entonces no hay presupuesto para poder atender nuestro problema de salud. Pero había un problema que estaba matando a nuestra comunidad. Pues alguien tenía que salir para poder ver qué hacer. What came up in this conversation was what Ingrid called in her own words is systemic racism. So as a response to this question, she said the government didn't attend us or didn't help us. And even why did it matter? Because at this time, Garifunas were not registered in Guatemala, citizens of Guatemala. And because of that, there was no support when HIV as well as AIDS started affecting their community. People within the community had to go out and see what they can do about what was happening in Livingston at the time. Yes, I you. Wow. Esa fui yo. Es muy profundo. Sí, yes. que, que, como te digo, nos afecta la vida. Desde, desde nuestra cabeza hasta nuestros pies y de arriba para abajo. This racism that we experience, she mentioned, is very profound and that it affects our lives and everything from our head to our feet, from the bottom to the top. Es, entonces, cuando hacemos esos análisis, and so when we do the analysis of systemic racism, it hurts my heart. And the Garifuna people have lost our language, which is also a part of it. Hemos enfrentado la muerte con SIDA aquí en nuestra comunidad. Vamos a enfrentar COVID también. Aunque era una cosa muy diferente, pero teníamos experiencia. It was me. It was me at that moment. Only me at that moment during the AIDS pandemic. And I was alone because everyone was afraid too. So she also mentioned, I want to put it on the table, that we're facing a coincidental death and situation here in the community. Another conversation that came up was racism because a lot of people, a lot of especially people of indigenous descent, used to say that it was the black people, the black people in Livingston, Guatemala, that had HIV AIDS, right? So warning people not to visit Livingston for the fear that they will catch HIV AIDS from the black people that live there. I asked, why was it important for you to establish this organization during this time? I worked in health public when it started. It hurt a lot. Not even in the hospitals, we received patients with SIDA. No, really. In the States, too. In that stage, I didn't know what to do. In this stage, there was a lot of fear. And a lot of the hospitals weren't receiving patients who had HIV or AIDS. A lot of them died, just died like a dog. Entonces, eran hermanos, eran familias. Entonces, algo había que hacer. Algo había que hacer. Entonces, a mí sí me, me dolía muchísimo. It was people that she knew that were dying. It was her brothers, it was her family. 
and she had to do something. It pained her a lot, and she really had to do something. Había una organización que se llama Médicos Sin Fronteras, estaban por acá. No había días o semanas que si no estábamos enterrando gente, estábamos en velorio. Era una cuestión horrible, daba miedo esto. Inga went looking for help, and at the time, there was an organization called Doctors Without Borders that was there in Livingston. And on the weeks, if they weren't burying people, they were often at a wake. It was a time where things was horrible and it was scary. So Ingrid took the initiative to talk to them about what. Could be done to support them. Pero sabes una cosa, y me dicen, fíjate, Ingrid, que eso es SIDA. Estamos trabajando en África, me dicen ellos. Una Ajá. parte de Médicos Sin Fronteras, España, están trabajando en África, porque mm. África también estaba enfrentando con esa pandemia allá. They mentioned that what was happening in Guatemala was also happening in places around the world as humanitarian workers. And so a lot of them work on the African continent. And They knew of this pandemic that was going on in other places. And so Ingrid said, is there any way that you can support us here in Guatemala? Con el director de ellos, con el director de ellos, y viene el director de ellos a una visita de visita de campo aquí y nos reunimos. So in this conversation or learning more about Doctors Without Borders, she was pleading, "Help me!" And is there anything that can be done for my community? At this time, Doctors Without Borders were attending to other things. In Livingston, Ingrid was very determined, so she found a way to make an appointment with the director of Doctors Without Borders and find a time for them to meet so she can ask for help. Pero en ese momento había una la primera doctora garífuna de Livingston. Uh -huh. Ella estaba haciendo sus prácticas. Era la primera doctora garífuna. Entonces uh, ella también estaba preocupada por este por este problema. Mm. Entonces le digo necesito que me apoyes porque hay términos que no manejo. Yo trabajo en salud, pero no era médica. And at the moment there was also one Garifuna doctor, and she was the first Garifuna doctor that Gamboa had seen at the time, and she was doing her internship. Ella sí podía apoyarme en muchas cosas ahí, lo hizo también la doctora Gloria Castillo. Ella por hoy, pues ella vive en Austria con su esposo, pero fue un elemento muy importante para poder hacer esas empezar a conversar con ese director, ¿verdad? Eh, sobre el problema de Elinis. Pudo no habernos escuchado, porque pudo no haberlo hecho, pero sabes, le dio importancia. And she was also wondering about the same problem. So Ingrid saw her support because there were things that, you know, as a person who did public health and was not a doctor, there was things that she did not understand. And the doctor's name is Dr. Gloria Castillo. She now lives in Australia with her husband. But it was very important to get, you know, not only her help, but also the director of 
Doctors Without Borders on board. It was also important that the director really prioritized the situation and thought it was important. Hizo ese señor tres viajes en, en el transcurso de tres años aquí a Guatemala para darle seguimiento a esa, para poner la primera clínica de atención para personas con SIDA y VIH en, en Guatemala, no, no en Guatemala, en Puerto Barrios, porque lo que yo había pensado, lo que estaba pensando es que aquí, porque aquí estaba el problema, ¿sí? Pero bueno, cuatro años después de esta negociación, se abre la primera clínica para atender a personas con SIDA, porque era SIDA lo que había aquí Ajá. antes, ¿verdad? Se abre en Puerto Barrios. Pero fue gracias, gracias a todo ese impulso que fuimos haciendo, ¿sí? Uh -huh. ¿Vale? So, something that you should know is that the clinic that treated people for HIV and AIDS during that time, it took a while for it to come to Guatemala. So the director, over three trips, over the course of three years, came to Guatemala and to follow up to really to establish the clinic here for the people in Guatemala. And this clinic is currently in Puerto Barrios. And after four years of the negotiation, the clinic was open to serve the people. And Gamboa highlighted it was like really the efforts and you know, the intentionality of them pushing the needle forward to get this clinic established for the people that needed it. And also the dedication of the director and the Garifuna doctor that helped really get this clinic open. There were other challenges that came up about the treatment. We are going to take a quick break and we will continue when we return. This is the Labyrinth of the First Gen. This season on the Labyrinth of the First Gen, we want to continue the discussion with you. So after the show, please join us on our Facebook group called Labyrinth of First Gen, where we will continue the discussion of this episode. We want to hear more from our audience. We want to hear what are some things that you learned, what are some things that surprised you. Or if you know any more about this topic, we will also love to hear your feedback. I will add the link to the Facebook discussion group in the description of the show. And we are back. Entonces empezamos a ver, se, se empezó a atender, pero esa una cantidad de pastillas que la gente tomaba que le daba problemas en el estómago. Oh. Entonces uh, muchos dejaron, abandonaron tratamiento porque era insostenible. Todavía se nos seguían muriendo personas, mm. ¿verdad? Todavía no había organización, pero ya habíamos, yo ya había dado ese paso. Por lo menos ya había una clínica para uh -huh. atender a esas personas antes que no había. Some of the challenges that came about Even after the clinic was open, there was a lot of pills that was part of the treatment. And this gave people a lot of issues with their stomach. And a lot of patients wanted to stop the treatment because it was basically unsustainable at the time. 
And still there was a lot of people dying and there was no organization currently. But Ingrid did mention that the clinic still made a huge difference, that there was a place where people can go and get attended to and get cared for. Pero eh, fue muy difícil con esa cantidad de pastillas que tenían que tomar. Mm. Pero gracias a Dios, eh, a la ciencia médica también, que ya fueron empezando a reducir esa cantidad de pastillas que no le, no le irritaba el estómago. It was this quantity of pills that people were actually taking was very difficult for them. And thanks to science, there was an effort to reduce the quantity of the pills and provide a medicine that didn't irritate the stomach. A question that I did want to know was still issues around stigma at the time, especially now that people were receiving treatment for HIV and AIDS. Tenía miedo, porque decir que tenés VIH, todo el mundo, racismo. También era una forma de discriminar, yes. estigma, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. Entonces, ¿cómo también íbamos a luchar con eso también? ¿verdad? No podíamos también ir a la casa de las personas, ¿verdad? So a lot of people still had a lot of fear around what was HIV. And there was a lot of racism and discrimination as well. And Ingrid really thought about how she can fight against the stigma and this racism and discrimination. And it was about being strategic because they couldn't go to every person's house, right? They had to really try to figure out how to be strategic and address the stigma that was coming up and the lack of information, too. Era una cosa bien complicada, Pero había que atender a la comunidad. Yo le decía a las personas, y yo me enfrentaba con la gente, yo le digo, no sé, pero si ustedes no van a la clínica. Even in the midst of, you know, it being a hard situation, they still had to serve the community. And one of the things that she thinks is that she told people, she confronted people that didn't know. And a lot of people thought it was like witchcraft or something else. And she had to really address those, the stigma and lack of information by letting people know that it was AIDS. And now there is medicine available for people that needed it. Tal vez unos 10 años trabajando yo sola. Trabajando yo sola. Cuando ya empezaron otros amigos, unas amigas a sumarse. Entonces ya fundamos la organización. Pero estos años yo lo hice sola. Hasta después de esos años ya se suman aquellos familiares de personas que se habían muerto por SIDA. Ingrid talked about how she dedicated herself to these efforts for 10 years. And most of the time it was just her really organizing people and bringing education to people who had a lack of information about HIV and AIDS. After 10 years, this organization was born out of her friends who um, started to help her in these efforts. And people, family members that were lost to HIV and AIDS also started to participate in helping her with these efforts as well. But one of the very important things that she highlights about the reason behind why she started Ibagari 
is she wanted to address stigma because stigma was still ongoing even after there was a treatment and everyone knew what AIDS was. Stigma continued to dictate how people were treated within their own communities. Algunos que ya tenían VIH estaban viviendo con eso. Entonces se sumaron. Yo le digo, ¿saben qué? Aquí hay un enemigo y tenemos que vencerlo. Y no es propiamente el SIDA, sino que es la estigma. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. There were people that were living with HIV AIDS. She realized that the real enemy, the real enemy that needed to be defeated was really the stigma, the stigma that was affecting people in the community. Y si no matamos el estigma, uh -huh. se nos va a seguir muriendo la gente. Cuando matemos esto y que la gente acepte su condición, vamos a salvar vidas. If they didn't address the stigma, people were going to continue to die. It was important that they addressed the stigma so that people accepted their condition and that they saved lives. How are we going to address the stigma. We needed to open doors. We needed to say to people, here we are as an organization. Because the problem wasn't witchcraft, it was AIDS. And now there's medicine. Myself and four women opened up this organization, Ibidi Ibagadi. But starting the organization and getting people through the doors was one of the barriers that Ingrid and the four women had to overcome. No podían pasar nada. No, sí, es que enfrentamos el miedo. Porque era, era un gran miedo. O sea, la gente sabía que su pariente tenía sida. Pero para que no el vecino no diga, ¿tiene sida? Preferían callarlo. Así, el silencio, el miedo, el estigma. At first, nothing could really happen because the organization started at a time where there was a great deal of fear. Garifuna people in the community knew that their relatives had AIDS, but people often didn't want to talk about it. They preferred to keep quiet about it. And this also is a result of the stigma around AIDS and HIV. No luchamos contra el SIDA, luchamos contra el estigma primero, ¿ya? Luchamos contra el estigma. Y agarramos gente que estaban viviendo con VIH, le digo, vénganse, es un espacio para ustedes, vénganse. ¿Ya? El estar en grupo también da salud. Que no estén solas, que no estén solos, aquí tienen una familia, ¿verdad? It was important that the organization didn't fight against HIV. Instead, they had to first fight against the stigma around HIV. And they had to grab people that had HIV and let them know that this was a space for them. Being in a group is healthy because as a person who may have had HIV AIDS, it was helpful to be and to feel that you are alone. 
abrimos ese espacio. La madera lo dio un vecino, el, el alambre, porque era una casa que ya no servía, el techo lo, dio, lo dieron otros hermanos. Yo fui a tocar puertas, empezamos a tocar puertas, porque lo abrimos con la ayuda de la comunidad. Entonces empezamos a trabajar, empezamos, empezamos a educar a la desde que tenían miedo de venir hasta que empezaron. They opened the space and really the organization was built by the community. So they received wood from the neighbor and the roof, even the roof of the organization was given by people in the community. The help of the community was really important and that's how we started. We started educating and there was still a lot of fear, but this is how it began. Something that I asked her was what gave her the strength, especially during this time, to, to do this work that she did and still does. Para salvar vidas, porque había que salvar vidas. El Ministerio de Salud Pública no hacía nada. She said, I needed to save lives. The Ministry of Public Health didn't do anything. I responded to her, not only in the case of this organization, but she is very much an activist. And I was wondering, when did her involvement and in her community, in her activism, start. Mira, yo creo, yo tengo algo. Yo no soy indiferente a los problemas. Mm. Si algo no está bien, eh, vengo, voy, camino, pero yo quiero resolverlo. Yo soy así, 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 ¿verdad? Entonces, desde que nos insultaban, o sea, pasamos de todo, pasamos de todo. Ingrid said definitely as a response to Hennessy's and. Also, a lot of things happen, including people would insult them. And we w she said, we went through everything. Part of getting people in the door was really treating them and just welcoming them. So anytime that Ingrid would see people you know, come to the organization, she would just say, oh, you know, welcome them, invite them in. And they made tea and they bought food. And they cooked in the kitchen, and she knew that people with HIV didn't have any food in their houses. They didn't have anything. She used her salary to buy food and anything that they needed at the time. La cosa es que empezamos a hacer todo ese trabajo, ¿verdad? Eh, buscando estrategias. ¿Cómo hacer? One thing is that we started to do all of this work, right? And we were finding or looking for strategies to do this work. And I started to see that people 
started to come without fear, without looking back. And this was the moment that we were waiting for. Entonces, ya íbamos a visitar a las personas azules. ¿Sí? Ya nos permitían llegar a su casa. Ya nos permitían acompañarlos. Ya nos permitían sacar a sus pacientes para llevarlos al hospital. Antes no se podía. And she noticed that also other things started to change as well. Now they were able to go and visit people who were sick. And they allowed them to arrive. They allowed them to go with them when they were going to accompany them or to go with them when they would go to the hospital. And they also allowed them to take their patients to the hospital. Before, this was something that they couldn't do. Empezamos a salvar vidas de esa manera. Sí, íbamos a acompañar a las familias a sus casas a cuidar a los enfermos, ya que en el hospital no lo, no lo recibían. We started to save lives. We went and accompanied families at their houses to help care for the sick. And here, the hospital didn't want to receive the patients who were sick with HIV and AIDS. Es una historia. Es una historia de más de 40 años. This is a story of more than 40 years. Pero qué maravilloso. Mira, pues, todo el país habla de ese éxito que tiene esa organización. Después de ocho años de estar abiertos, con eso te resumo, hemos logrado descender los casos de VIH que Cero muertes por SIDA. Uno, dos o tres casos de VIH al año. But how marvelous. All of the country talks about the success of this organization after eight years that we have been established. We have accomplished reducing the cases of HIV to zero deaths. And now we have one, two or three cases of HIV a year. Logramos el objetivo de frenar el avance del VIH en la comunidad, de frenar las muertes por SIDA. Y eso fue el trabajo que hicimos aquí, muy grande. Y no solamente yo lo hice, fueron también las compañeras. We achieved the objective of advancing human rights in the community and stopping the deaths from AIDS. And that was the great work we did. Not only did I do it, it was also my colleagues. Luego vinieron organizaciones que no hacemos proyectos. Mm -hmm. Nos vi vienen a buscarnos porque escucharon el trabajo que hicimos por la gente. Later came organizations that do projects. It, they came to look for us because they heard of the work that we did for our community. We have come to the end of the episode, folks. I want to say sereme to everyone at Isari Ibagari, um, especially all of the wonderful volunteers that took me around and gave me a wonderful tour of the place, including sharing information about the, the marvelous work um, that they do with reproductive health and sexual health in the community of Livingston, Guatemala. I also want to give a special thanks and shout out to Ingrid Gamboa, as well as wonderful volunteer that participated in this interview, Hennessy's. It was such a pleasure to have this conversation with you and just hearing about all of the work 
that you continue to do and all of the paths and barriers that continue to break in your community. If you would like to learn more about Isedi Ibagadi and the work that they do for the Garifuna population, the population of Afro-descendants in Guatemala and Livingston, you can check out their website at info, and I'm also going to put this in the show notes and we would love to hear from you what about this episode surprised you what are some things that you learned what are some things you still have questions about we are going to have a discussion in our Facebook group and I would love to hear from you and with that thank you for listening folks that I may And until next Tuesday, be in peace and see you later.